0: Every day we lit every day we lit what's going on everybody i'm your host big t will i got my man the producer extraordinaire matt marlow what's happening on that hello big t will how you doing tonight oh man we just social distancing maintaining this evening you know doing what we do staying masked up and sanitizing as much as possible what about you my brother what's going on what you sipping on
1: I have two things I'm sipping on. I have a nice glass of water and uh, my alcoholic beverage of choice tonight. I picked up some weird like knockoff moonshine they they call it a malt beverage uh the company's great American and it's uh it's like a blueberry moonshine blueberry malt beverage kind of thing
0: mm mm sounds
1: sounds uh pretty refreshing yeah not too bad. You put an ice cube in it like at first, I thought it was uh at first I thought it was rock up, but you know you put an ice cube in it, you sip on it takes some time to like actually enjoy. It. it's like you know it's not half bad
0: okay all right, I'd have to uh, get on that once i start uh I guess we'll say uh dipping in back into the liquor cabinets right now uh you know i've been uh, I started training again, so I got me here a nice thing of ice water as well and i took i took something from you actually i got a nice cup of hot tea
1: nice dude i love my tea man <laughs> yes, you do. Too many be yes keep, you do too many people be hating on the tea nah the tea's a good item man that's a good item
0: i like uh i like a little honey and lemon in mine and uh you know just a little sweetener not too much so but uh yeah cinnamon tea's good and uh, you know what's really good that I had, too? Um, it was like a uh, a watermelon raspberry tea. That, that sounds was really, really good. Yeah, that was really good. It was it shocked me. I wasn't sure how I was going to like that one. I picked it up in the store in one of those uh, mixed packages, and uh, it wasn't too bad. So, so, yeah, man. So, with me back at it, getting up early, getting after it, kind of got to uh, cut a lot of the sugars and carbohydrates and... And cut all the drinking back because, uh, you know, I've been on the shelf for about six months or so. Last time you saw me, Nat.
1: Remember? last time? It was, uh, it was that long ago. You were looking good then. You were looking real good.
0: Yeah, Please. man. And uh, that was last time you saw me, believe it or not. Isn't that funny?
1: Yeah, like we've been like our podcast is just going through so many ups, not even downs. It's just like we've gone straight up and we haven't even seen each other in six months. It's crazy. So it can be done. You know, you
0: can get the job done if you if uh, everyone's motivated to uh, get in where they want to be and getting things done that they got to get done. So but yeah, this is wild. I was uh, I was in almost that almost like rare form when I saw you because I was the last week I was at the gym that last week, which was it's it seems like it was so long ago. And it was only six months ago, and even still six months ago is a long time. It's still a long time, and it feels like a long time.
1: Yeah, much different times then. My God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get back to them, though. One step at a
0: time. You know, First things first is, uh, you know, let's control this virus and then start putting back the, the pieces slowly and surely.
1: Yeah, look, everyone, everyone, you need to do your part. There's a job I'm working right now. And some of the people I interact with, you need to cover your nose and your mouth with the mask, not just one or the other, both.
0: (laughs) Yes. Every
1: time there are people in my life that are high risk and I want to see them again. Every time you choose to not fully cover your faces with your mask, that's another two weeks. I basically have to quarantine myself from friends and family. So it's like, come on, like let's help each other out. Because like, we all want to see our loved ones again on a regular basis. Like We all want this virus to go away. We all got to do our part.
0: Yeah, it, it's kind of funny you said that because a lot of our listeners, they got some crazy memes they send and those little slogans. Like uh, the mask under your nose and your nose is hanging out. You wouldn't walk, walk around with your you-know-what hanging out. <laughs> so
2: yeah. I love
1: that.
0: Oh, man, they cracked me up. So keep at it, everybody. I think they're funny, but, you know, let's take it seriously. But uh, so last episode, we were, we, we were going to talk about the Sixers potential uh, new stadium down at uh, Penn's Landing, and uh, we were going to capitalize on that right now. But we got some breaking news. Mr. Nat Marlow, what do you have?
1: We just got this news in the middle of show prep. Delaware River waterfront corporation does not choose 76ers for Penn's landing project and this is according to six ABC
0: whoa whoa so the city so the city shot down Harris Blitzer corporation for a new stadium down at the Penn's landing waterfront with the other project going on
1: so according to the article, the Philadelphia 76ers will not be getting their new arena at Penn's Landing as the Delaware River Waterfront Corporation selected the Durst organization who is based out of New York on Wednesday as the lead developer for the project.
0: Now, if I'm not mistaken, isn't uh, Harris Blitzer Corporation isn't their main office in New York?
1: I'm not sure if their offices are out in New York, but they own the New Jersey Devils, that, which is very close to New York City. So, yeah, right up
0: there in, in in Newark,
1: they definitely have connections to New York.
0: I think I think they have their offices in New York, and it wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if they were trying to work out some deal with the this uh, construction organization that's out of New York, working in Philly. You know and I mean, I, I I wouldn't put it past Josh Harris because he he's done a lot of slimy things. And once you come out and you're exposed as being a slime, you're always going to be a slime. You're going to have to do a lot to patch that up, especially with me. So, But along with this uh, project that
1: got shot down, it looks like a lot of things are still going forward, right? mm mm-hmm. Pretty much the entire plan that was already in place is set to move forward, just minus the 76ers' new stadium.
0: So the Sixers' new stadium, was their plans was calling for, I think, 19,000-seated arena, two high-rise towers, for what reason, with retail or restaurants. Now, let's be honest. Philadelphia is one of the best restaurant tour areas, you know, in the United States. So just to add more restaurants, you know, in Philadelphia, you know, definitely I'm all for it, and I'm sure everyone else will be, but Josh Harris, you got to read the room right now, and right now restaurants are struggling, and like, granted, this is a 10-year project, but in 10 years, who's to say another outbreak of some sort might not hit or affect the United States again? Uh, You know, you just got to read the room, Josh.
1: You're 100% right. I believe you mentioned that at the tail end of our last episode, he didn't do a good job of reading the room with so many people still being out of work right now. And the first thing on his mind was building this new stadium for the Sixers and having it funded at least partially by taxpayer dollars.
0: Right. So you want the city
1: is is bad enough. The city got behind a lot
0: of the mistakes you've done and, you know, Applause the city and the fans for holding him accountable for what he did when COVID broke out, for him to change his mind to all his employees and staff members. Whether they work for Wells Fargo Center or they work in the Sixers office, you know, that was garbage what he did. You know, and all the pressure from us as the fans, you know, we need to pat ourselves on the back and salute each other for him changing what he did and giving those people their money and benefits. So I know people down there and, and, you know, big ups to Joel M B too, because he stepped in and wrote a hefty check to cover a lot of medical expenses that might have arose with some of the employees down there as well. So, you know, Josh Harris, man, he's, he, <laughs> It seems like every time he takes a step forward, he takes two steps backwards. And the two steps backwards he takes are major, major compared to the steps forwards he takes. So the arena's out for now down at the waterfront, okay? But this project looks like they're still building some schools down there, medical offices, some apartments,
1: there's a number they of different wanna, things they're putting in. They're putting yeah. in residential space. They're putting in retail space, which includes a supermarket, a daycare, and a hotel.
0: Yeah, and you know what's funny about that? They're they're getting rid of the Seaport Museum to replace it with apartment towers, but they're adding the Philadelphia African American Museum down there as well, it looks like, from reading based off of what we have right here. So, I mean, this this project seems like it's pretty legit. Um, they're they're put, supposed to put a new park Under the original waterfront plan Under I-95 So where I'm looking at it, You're going to have the park Right next to uh, a parking garage Apartments and what you were just talking about Near Penn's Lane and Hilton And that's going to go into More apartments, restaurants And the seaport and the museum That's going to flow down to another Parking lot down South street and the bridge extension. So it's a lot. It's a lot going on down there. And you know what? It's good. It's good for the city. You know, it's, it's good to clean up uh, areas around the waterfront and showcase what it looks like because standing on the Camden side, looking over where Ben Franklin is at night, it's amazing. As it's probably one of the best shots you'll ever get. So if anyone ever needs uh, you and your boo, or some or you just need some time alone to think. You know, drive over there, park your car and uh right out right right behind the uh the um aquarium. It's a long strip. You can walk that strip and uh look over into the city. It's a it's a nice shot. Really nice shot. So so yeah, that's the breaking news that just hit. Josh Harris, you gotta look somewhere else, my man. Cause it's not happening down the waterfront. I had a talk with somebody a long time ago, and we used to talk about the Sixers wanting a new arena and getting a new arena, and they should have one. I'm all for the Sixers to have a new arena, having their own site. And the one thing we talked about in that was, you know, location and how how easy it is to, to flow in and out of South Philly. Granted, there's a lot of traffic. It backs up, but it's one of the easier arenas to get in and out of. And that was always the tough, the tough struggle of figuring out how traffic patterns are going to flow in and out. And my buddy told me that he always thought the Sixers would put something down right in Center City, kind of like MSG in New York. So where you can always just take the the train and it'll drop you off underneath and you come right off so you wouldn't have to worry so much about the traffic pattern. Problem is, even still... You still need some type of parking, and there's nowhere to park down in Center City.
1: Right. That is like, isn't having the sports complex in South Philly, isn't that what the Broad Street Line is for?
0: Essentially, yeah. I mean, look, all honesty, you could probably build it somewhere down there off of one of the parking lots. I mean, let's be real. Like, behind Xfinity, uh, between Xfinity and the Broad Line, Somewhere right in the middle, right there, you could build a uh, stadium.
1: Because how often, yeah, exactly. How often are you going to have two sports going on at the same time? How often are you going to have three sports going on at the same time? Hardly ever.
0: And when it does happen, it's just more vibrant down there. It's just more for business. They could put it in the Philly's parking lot. Philly's parking lot is ginormous. Ginormous. They could put it part over there. The Philly's, they use half the parking lot across the street anyway. How many. Opportunities does the city have where there's multiple sports going on at one time, so when the uh, Phillies were in the playoffs, the sixers were playing when the Eagles were playing were making their runs, the uh, sixers were playing so you always had two two sports going on at one time, so now you might have a potential of all three where the sixers could be making a run, the Phillies could be be playing, and the flyers could be playing or you vice versa. The Eagles will be playing, the Flyers will be playing, and the Sixers could be playing. Yeah, there, there's all sorts of opportunity to keep the crowd and South Philly right there dominant and prominent with with all the sport activity, all the sports activity.
1: This could you also know, make scheduling for the leagues easier. You don't have to worry about, like, scheduling the Flyers and the Sixers at the same time for home games. Like, no, you can just have them both play the same place, same time, because now they'll have two different venues.
0: Yeah, two different venues, and you still have – now you're still bringing in more people, and that's more for – and I'm looking at the neighborhood. So you got Chicken Pete's over there. You know, you got a couple corner bars down there. You got Xfinity Live down there. That's always a good time. So, you also could probably hang out in the arena if you could get standing room only, but you don't want to, you know, go out and stand. So, you can hang out at one of the bars inside the arena. So, it's like being at the game. I mean, it's, there's there's multiple layers that that could happen if the Sixers do the right thing. And for some odd reason, I know he's not going to do the right thing. On that note, man, this is uh, Big T Will. That's Nat Marlowe. On the other side, we're going to dive into it a little bit. We got uh, Rumorville spreading couple coaches that uh, could be potentially on the list of the uh, Sixers candidate. And, uh, hey, Nat, we got something else starting, too. Doom, 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 fly, eagles, fly. That's right, the birds are starting back up. So uh, coming out, man, we'll give them a little shout out. I'm T. Will, that's Nat Marlowe. This is Philly Full Court Press. We'll talk to you on the other side.
1: Hey, Vitos, hey, yo, one, two, stay Hold on. We got a beefsteak. We got Coming off. Coming off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got burgers. He wants a burger. What does he want? A burger? got the cheesesteak. Get the cheesesteak.
0: Yeah, hey, awesome. cheese yeah, yeah, yeah. Both sure. The both Forget about it. Drop the phone. What, what, what do you want?
1: Cheesesteak or you want a burger? Hey, what's he want? Burger. Hey, Pop. He wants a cheesesteak and a burger in one buck. What does he want? We do that? We don't do that. Well, we don't, we do, we don't
3: that. do that. Everything's off. You wonder, where are we? When the present carries historic weight, it feels like all we can do is wait. But in this moment, we won't break. We're held together by our aunt, who shows no fear in the face of danger. Our neighbor, who lends a hand. Our pop, who runs from nothing. Our niece, who brings peace to a perfect stranger. Our friend, whose calls go beyond four walls. Our daughter, who put the room in motion. Our brother, who broke the silence when we needed it most. Heart will lead us back together. Back to first and goal with all of us on our feet. A walk off with hugs all around. A miraculous save that has us buzzing for days three to seal it as we erupt until then we root for what we've always rooted for like our greatest moments watching in slow motion arts worn on our sleeves no backing down from the fight laid it all out on the line that's what brings us together time after time here we don't quit when we've had enough we don't hang up the gloves. We rise above. This is the city of brotherly love. Woo! Showtime! King's back! Huh. For the love of the city. For the city! This
1: team has your heart pounding every game. They're not done yet, not by any stretch. Yo, Philly, hold up, wait a minute. Y'all thought we was finished? Woo! Right now, they're playing with so much swagger. If you think that one taste was enough, you don't know my city. You don't know Philly at all. We don't back down from nobody. We stay hungry. And you know how they say it. Hungry dogs run fast. I'm going to let a letter, like get uh, a the door, for the door,
3: for the door Tell you how I came to a kid uh, I can red right Slip empty down and the bed to the business Who they say dropping that work? Who in the
1: love of the first? Me! Who try to hit the universe? Me! <laughs> Who thinking to make? Philly freak. stand up It's time to light the whole city up Ain't this what you been waiting for? For the love of the city For the
0: city Yeah everybody, welcome back DT T. E. Will, Nat Marlowe Nat, I, I don't know about you, man. That gets me hype for Sunday. That gets me hype for Sunday.
1: We need some hype. It it barely feels like NFL football is coming back, but we got it. It's finally here.
0: Yo, the birds are back, and we are we are destined for another roller coaster season.
1: <laughs> You're right.
0: <laughs> oh right. man,
1: what's your win loss prediction?
0: I don't know yet. I never know yet. I never know. You don't know nowadays. The last three seasons, has been up and down, up and down. Who knows? Who knows with this team, man? Who knows? I'll give
1: I mean, you mine. Go, go ahead. What's yours? Nine and seven.
0: I can see it. I would never argue it. I can see it. I also can see 11 and five.
1: That's a little high. That's a, that's as high as I'll go. In I know. The possibility eleven and five
0: uh 11 and five, 12 and four. 9-7, 8-8, eight eight. you never know. You just don't know what this team.
1: Now, <laughs> I mean, do they win the NFC East?
0: Of course. You always want to – of course. I've seen Doug pull a rabbit out of his ass a couple times. So, yeah, they, they'll win the East. But I'll tell you what, for them to win the East, we're going to go through some heartaches and pain.
1: You're right, but you know who else is going to go through that?
0: Oh, I don't even mention them clowns. Don't even mention them clowns. I already know what you're gonna say. I don't even care about them.
1: Listen, their <laughs> defense is gonna be terrible.
0: Listen, their whole team is terrible. I don't even want to talk
1: <laughs> their defense especially. That no, like it can't save them this year.
0: But their offense is pretty potent, man.
1: Their offense is potent, but their defense is god awful. Yeah. That's gonna kill well, them. Plus their offense <laughs> couldn't even save them last year.
0: Well, they're they're banking on uh, Mike McCarthy bringing in some flavor from Green Bay,
1: but man, whatever. Nah, nah, nah. Him and CD, <laughs> like, no, they're not enough to save that. Time. Yeah.
0: His, Mike McCarthy's flavor is as stale as a bagel that's been sitting out for two weeks. Ain't no one, no one worry about
1: that, man. Seriously. Some college kid will eat it up, though. That's why you always see, like, some college kid, like, walking around with a star.
0: Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Speaking of college kids. Did you see the college kid who drained the spaghetti in the in the toilet seat because he didn't want to wash dishes? What? Yeah. Yeah. You wanna talk about something dumb? This is the way we put it. Kids are dumb. Period. Period. What is wrong with people? I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. The kid literally put he put the colander on the toilet seat, where everybody sits down and does their business or stands up and wets the whole ring and pour the spaghetti over and let the water drain in the toilet bowl. <laughs> I was "Yeah, like, Oh, my lord. Damn, what the hell? Yeah, exactly. Help our youth. Oh, America, my help, God. Our youth. help our youth. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, I'll send that to you, man. But that was wild. That was wild. But yeah, man, shout out to the uh birds. Wish you a lot of luck. I know uh a lot of people are gonna have a lot of migraines this year. I hope not. But yeah, you know, offensive line is beat up, wide receivers is hurt, Carson nicked up. We'll see, man. We'll see. Another year. But uh, you know, let's go, man. Let's go. It's on and popping this weekend. It counts. So let's get to this rumorsville. So, Billy Donovan, Oklahoma City, the Oklahoma City Thunder, Billy Donovan has split with the organization. It was mutual. No one was fired. He just didn't sign his extension. Now, I say Billy Donovan to you as a sixer fan. What do you say?
1: As a Sixer fan, I say in terms of if you want him as head coach, the way I see it, go get it. Make your top two candidates Ty Lue and Billy Donovan. I think that is a solid top two coaching candidacy that you can gel with and that you can use to pump this fan base up. Plus, a lot of this fan base isn't excited about the idea of having Ty Lue as your head coach. But I think they can get on board with Billy Donovan. So, between the two of them, if they're the top two candidates, then I really like the direction that this organization is going in, at least when it comes to head coaching position.
0: Well, let me ask you a question. What's the difference between Billy Donovan and Ty Lue? They both ain't won nothing.
1: Well, Ty Lue has the championship ring, though.
0: Ah, see. But then it goes to what we talked about last episode. Did he coach the team or did LeBron coach the team? Billy Donovan has two national titles
1: back-to-back with the uh, University of Florida. Yeah, he does. And you could argue that's to it's harder to coach college than the NBA. You could argue that. I'm not saying that's the case. I'm just, right, it, right, it, right. It's a possibility.
0: Right. right. I mean, listen, at this point, any name that's out there should be an automatic candidate for the Sixers just to do your due diligently. Cross your T's, dot your I's, and make sure you get the best candidate. You don't fall in love with the first candidate. That's all I'm saying.
1: Exactly. And you know what I think gives Billy Donovan one of the best cases as Sixers head coach? So, so Jay Wright's out, Jay Wright doesn't want to come to the NBA. He wants to stay at Nova, you know, no harm, no foul. A lot of people wanted Jay Wright because of what he did with Villanova, but he loves the gig there too much to leave. Perfectly (laughs) understandable. Ty Lue, he finally got LeBron the ring with Cleveland. He did the impossible coming down 3-1 in the series and ended up winning a Game 7 in the NBA Finals. And that had never been done before, and he did the impossible with LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. But for, for whatever reason, people don't like Ty Lue. I think you get the best of both worlds with Billy Donovan. You get the guy who has had both a lot of college coaching experience and NBA coaching experience and i think with his resume even though he hasn't won a championship bringing the nba i think he still has a really good case to be the head coach of the philadelphia 76ers i would still prefer tilu Ty is Ty my number one choice for can- for the candidacy right now but billy donovan i think is an excellent second choice
0: uh yeah it's a great argument that that you put up for uh billy donovan i if i was eb i would definitely bring him in and uh sit down with uh billy donovan and see you know, just to see, see, see what he has to say. Yeah, see if he's even interested. You know, he, he might not be interested. He might have a, another gig that he has his eyes on. So with Billy Donovan not going back to OKC, now you got Leon Rose, who is CP3's former agent, who's up in New York running things. And remember, I told you, New York. As much as I bash the Knicks, if they get it right. Look out! There, he got the coach, and they got uh, Rose in in uh, in the uh, front office, and this guy is Mister NBA behind the scenes. I'm trying to tell you, there's been rumors saying CPC and the well, first of all, the Sixers have been in serious debate, I guess, with the back and forth inside the the four walls that they sit in about bringing in 14 year vet CP3, but. Leon Rose is connected to CP3. Does he go to New York with Tibbs, and, and they start something because you got Kyrie over in Brooklyn, you got KD in Brooklyn. So New York is probably going to look to make a splash also. I, let's put it like this. OKC is going to be fine if they lose CP3 because of the experience those younger guards got, and that team gelled really well, and they played well together. And CP3 was a, 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 a tremendous leader in the bubble. I feel like they they're going to capitalize on that and they're going to miss his leadership, but they're going to have the opportunity to grow with each other. And, that, and, it, and, it, and everything co- uh, intertwines as I always said. So I say that, but I can't see our Sixers coexisting and intertwining with each other right now. I don't see who the leader is. We don't have a leader who's stepping up to be the leader. And I'm not talking about Tobias Harris saying that he's the leader because your play doesn't show that you're the leadership. I'm not saying Josh Richardson's the leader because he said he was in the media. He ain't been here long enough. There's only one or two people on this team that could be the leaders. And they know who they are. And they're not doing it. They're not doing it. So you bring in a headstrong guy like CP Free, who do you think the first person's going to complain? Who's camp? Joel indeed or Ben Simmons?
1: Oh, Joel. Oh, really? Joel, yeah, his camp is going to be the first to complain. No, 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 no. What, you think Ben's camp is going to be the first? Ah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Pre Madonna Ben, man. Yes, absolutely. Because CP3, Chris Paul is not coming to Philly to sit the bench. Right or wrong?
1: I think you're right.
0: All right. So CP3 comes here, he's slotted as the automatic point guard. We just had a debacle of trying to put Ben at the four. Didn't work. Ben is a point guard. He's a point four. I mean, we had to come to terms with it. He's a point four. You can't have, I think you can, under the right system, uh, CP3, Ben, and Joel on the court together. Does that take a lot of pressure off Harris and Josh Richardson? Is Josh Richardson still here? Is he part of that deal to get CP3 here? Do you just bring over CP3, nothing else, and get fleeced like we did with Miami? Because all we did was a sign and trade. We didn't get what we got was J- uh J. back. We didn't get nothing else.
1: Well, let me ask you this: How do you think the Sixers would get fleeced in that? Good question. They would
0: get fleeced, but they wouldn't get enough in return. That's how they would get fleeced. Because I can see, I can see EB putting together a package and just doing player for player. Instead of asking for more players or cash considerations back with CP3 or ask for a younger stud that OKC has that we saw in the bubble, that's how you get fleeced in the deal. You don't get the return that you – you don't get the the necessary return you need for your team to succeed that seed this upcoming season. We We as fans and – The Sixers banked on Josh Richardson, Tobias Harris, to step into the roles, and Ben and Joe to leave because they've been here long enough under Clown Brown. And it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Three guys, Richardson, Harris, and Horford, all three came out in the media and said, something's going on. There's no accountability. That was the theme of this season. Anybody can go through all the interview clips. You'll hear it all through the interview clips. No accountability. No accountability. Something because needed- they didn't
1: have buckets there. Oh, even if they had buckets there, he would have said the same thing. Especially, he would have been the guy that kept everyone all accountable, though.
0: But especially, especially if he was signed. If he was signed and still here, oh, he'd be preaching loud, loud as a peacock as the sun coming up about Brett Brown not holding accountability to some of the players. And we all know who those players are. That's why I said, man, it's going to be a rude awakening. It's going to be a wake-up call. All right, CP3 to Philly. Are you on board with that? I was on board with that last season early on when rumors came out saying, was he going to stay, was he not going to stay? I was on board with that. The trade with Houston. I would have made a trade with Houston to try to bring CP3 over if you would have put Ben at the four at the beginning of the year. So I pose the question to you, Nat, do you like the uh, CP3 in Philly?
1: I don't particularly like it, but I don't hate it. The thing I'm worried about it with that particular deal is, are you going to get something like the Al Horford deal where it, you know, like you, it's going to be incredibly difficult to move that contract depending Mm -hmm. on the length and the term of that contract. I think you give Chris Paul a short deal. This could work out really well for the Sixers, but if you give him like a medium like to a long-term deal, then that could be another way the Sixers organization would shoot themselves in the foot because I think, of see, Chris Paul's age.
0: But I, you know, well, age, yeah. And my concern would be you get a Hor in a Horford situation where you bring in CP three, and then all of a sudden he forgets how to play. But I, but we talk about CP three, so I doubt that would happen. You know, like Al Horford. I seriously doubt that would happen, but that's always going to be a big concern. And number two, I think CP3's already signed for at least two more years on the contract he has with OKC. I think it was a three-year deal. So you would have to worry about that potentially laying on. But first things first, I think you got to get a coach before you start looking at players because you don't know what players are going to fit the coach's system. So Billy Donovan gets loose. Is there a way that the Sixers get Billy Donovan or CP3 Net.
1: I think there are ways, and in fact, you know what? I think there are ways you can get both of them, not just one or the other. I think there are ways you can get both. I think I, if you interview Billy Donovan, and if you hire him as the Sixers News head coach, I think that could influence Chris Paul coming here.
0: Potentially. It seems from the outside, Billy Donovan and, and Chris Paul got along. It looked like it, and the way he spoke about each other in the media – Potentially, but just me looking at this, just for a quick glance, I think you get one or the other. You don't get both. If it happens, I don't think you get both. You get one or the other. I got another name to throw out there to you. Actually, I got two. Out of the playoffs right now, you got the Utah Jazz, Quinn Snyder. I'm not sure if he's going to hang on in Utah or not. Terry Stotts in Portland. They keep coming up short. You got Mike Malone in Denver. I'm not sure if that's going to last long, if they get bounced. And then you got a Haiti rival. Been with the team seven years. He's been grown with this team for seven years. And the team's playing extraordinary right now. But we all know how Danny Ainge can have a short leash and not have patience. Brad Stevens is coming up on seven years with the Boston Celtics. And he's dealt with everything Brett Brown's dealt with with injuries to players and guys out in and out of rotation and this and that. Brad Stevens, if he came available, if Eric Spolstra and Miami bounced them in the Eastern Conference Finals and Miami goes to the NBA Finals, which I could see happening, would you take a look at Brad Stevens?
1: I would take a look at Brad Stevens, but initially I'm just not super high on him because I think...
0: He's from Boston.
1: (laughs) No, I think it's because you get a slightly more impressive version of Brett. I don't think you get a massively more impressive version of Brett like you would in a Tyloo or a Billy Donovan.
0: It should interest in me. Just something to chew on. We just, you know, we just talking it out here on Full Court Press. Hey, yo, I'm Big T, Will. That's Nat Marlowe. You're listening to Philly Full Court Press powered by Last Out Media. For more information about Last Out Media, why don't you guys check them out at Media. Lastoutmedia.com. We'll be back after these quick commercial breaks.
3: They say that great teams are built on teamwork, unity, and camaraderie. They say that great teams succeed when everyone's voice is heard, when everyone's included. We laugh together, we build together, we lift each other up. They say it takes a lot of hard work to be a great team. So we say, let's get to it.
2: We're never alone. And that is our strength. Because when we're doubted, we'll play as one. When we're held back, we'll go farther and harder. If we're not taken seriously, we'll prove that wrong. And if we don't fit the sport, we'll change the sport. We know things won't always go our way.
1: And the world's sporting events are postponed or canceled.
2: But whatever it is, we'll find a way. And when things aren't fair, will come together for change.
3: We have a responsibility to
2: make this world a better place. (laughs) And no matter how bad it gets, we will always come back stronger. (laughs) Because nothing can stop what we can do together.
3: What's up everybody, this is Anaskan from Boston Celtics. This is Victor Depot of the Indiana Pacers. What's up everyone, it's Dane Lillard of the Portland Blazers. We need to continue to stay strong and protect ourselves and once we love. Please wash your hands. Avoid large crowds and if you might be sick, to quarantine yourself. And make sure to wear a mask in public and only together we can fight this and move forward. NBA fans, we miss you. Peace and love.
0: Hey y'all, welcome back, Philly Full Court Press. Big T Will, Nat Marlowe. Vibing right now, man. Vibing. Yeah, uh, hearing my man Meek Mill hearing the, that championship joint right there. And then out of the last break for the Eagles for the city. I mean, this is crazy. Football is upon us, man. Football starts Thursday night. Got the Chiefs and the Texans. Uh I should say the Super Bowl winning Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid. Congratulations. I hear the applause going on with that. Matt, real quick, how'd you feel about
1: Andy Reid getting the uh, ring? Oh, I wanted to win over the 49ers, that's for sure. So, yeah, good for him. I think everybody wanted him to win over the
0: 49ers. So, but, yeah, shout out to Reid and them. And, uh, I mean, just getting juice, man. Getting juice for the uh, football season coming up on us. But, uh, you know, so let's go over what we talked about a little bit. Talked about the – the, the stadium is not happening because uh, the Philadelphia uh, the, the board and committee shot that down. So, pump behind Josh Harris, you got to keep looking. OKC, Billy Donovan, he's still out there. Chris Paul, see what happens with that. And uh, we got we got to touch something that Nat's been tugging at me for uh, two weeks now. And it's funny because the guy is still out there. We're talking about Trowell Embiid, as my man, the producer short in calls him. So let's get into Trowell and B. He's watching the Miami Heat do the thing with Jimmy Buckets, as we all are. And he puts out a tweet about his Mountain Dew commercial. And it says, I'm not happy. And when he put that out, you know, Nat, you know. The responses he was
1: going to get with that, right? Oh, yeah. There was no way he wasn't going to get no response to that, you know? The band hey, so, went absolutely nuts.
0: Hey, bananas. I'm not even going to try to pull up some of the comments. Just go find it on his page. So everyone's going wild. You even got a couple of podcasters and, and uh, I guess media people who took the bait because he's so good at it. They took the bait, you know? But, Obviously so, because we're watching Jimmy Butler do his thing. And we all know how the love affair was with Joel and uh, Jimmy. So everyone took the bait. And I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting there, and I'm, and I'm looking at this. And it, he did it exactly when his commercial came out. And I said, he's talking about his commercial. I almost took the bait, Joel. I almost did, but I didn't. Because someone else, shout, I got to shout her out, uh, Melissa, she sent out a tweet and said he's talking about his commercial. So I went and paired everything, and it's, sure enough, she was dead right talking about his commercial. So I'm laughing because he almost got me, Matt. So I go, I answered I answer one of the media people, like, okay? I answered him. I said, he's talking about his commercial. And he's like, well, how do you know? He has every right to be unhappy. He's talking about the organization, and it, this just goes to show you how how Joel and B just sets everyone up. I mean, he set this guy up, and I said, "Look, of course he has to be, you know, of course he has to be uh, unhappy with the uh, organization. We understand that, but it's time a time place to move on." But at this particular moment, he's not talking about the organization. He's talking about his commercial. So seven eight minutes go by, the commercial comes out again. Dewell and V says that is no tweet. Can you can you imagine what it said in that?
1: He wasn't happy about his gifts.
0: Correct. <laughs> Correct. He wasn't happy about his gifts, and he said, I'm so happy now I have a Mountain Dew. I love that commercial. And everyone went bonkers again. There was people still cussing him out about it. Didn't care about him talking about the commercial. Didn't care about his feelings. Wanted him to do this. Wanted him to do that. And it just goes to show you how in tune these guys are with social media. And how we are so fragile as fans that we are hanging on every moment
1: that happens. See, some people just take Twitter way too seriously. Like, Twitter is not real-life people. No. No, it really isn't.
0: Neither is Facebook, neither is Instagram, neither is any other thing coming out after all this. It's not real. It's 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 an outlet for you to express your viewpoints and interests and that's
2: it.
1: If anything, Twitter's becoming archaic. Like 20 years down the line, Twitter's not even going to exist and we're all going to be talking about it like it's freaking Telegram over. Oh, remember er- when we used to communicate through Twitter?
0: Or, or like, remember we used to play Nintendo and Atari? That's how we're going to talk about it. I can see it. I can see it happen. Look what happened with uh, MySpace, right? Yeah. Case in point. Everyone was on MySpace, and you made sure that you had, what was his name, in your top eight.
1: Oh, it was Tom.
0: Tom. Yep. Everybody had Tom in their top eight. If you didn't have Tom in your top eight, then you wasn't a cool person. And then Facebook came out. And then Twitter came out and I uh Instagram came out, now TikTok came out, and I guarantee you something else is gonna come out. And I know I forgot about the other one with the emojis and stuff. Oh Snapchat. Snapchat came out. So we're in the world today where you're just gonna have to evolve and roll with it, but you can't hang on and think it's gold when you know a celebrity or personnel put something out like that. I mean, I thought of yo props to uh, Trowell and B, for once again trolling the fans of Philadelphia and Hulk line sinker. You got us.
1: The, you every got move off. he makes on social media is so calculated, and I love it.
0: It's very. It's like it's like a like it's kind of like a, a, a evil a evil guy in a movie just plotting on the good guy, and just trying to set him up to capture him. And and that's what Joel does. But I mean he's good at it. He's good at what he does. So, but uh can't hang on to it. That's where we at with that. So, but I uh, you know, I want to get to this news, Nat, because we didn't touch on it yet, and we have to. Because it's pretty big. And I know people listening to the show is probably like, Why? Well, you know, I haven't mentioned it, haven't heard anything yet about it? Yes, ladies and gentlemen. We have an announcement to make. Congratulations, Ben Simmons, for making the first team all-defensive team. So that deserves a round of applause right there with, that's well-deserved for my man Ben. Ben Simmons should have been considered a defensive player of the year in my book. Matt and I went back and forth with this a few shows back. We were talking about guys who stepped up and been consistent. And Ben had a hell of a year prior to his back injury, prior to the the, the knee injury in the bubble. Ben was doing his thing on defense, and it shows right here. So I'm not sure, but I think there's something in his contract, and he's about to get another payday because he made first team. Isn't that right, Nat? When you make first team on either defense or offense, first you know you get that's a little little bump in the uh.
1: In the bank account, yeah, you got to get some kind of bonus there. Especially, yeah. he's not he he's making an all defensive team, and there are no small names on that team. He's making it with Giannis. He's making it with Anthony Davis. He's making it with Rudy Gobert. He's making it with Marcus Smart, hey, who
0: man. he got he got his bonus. There's got to be a bonus in that. So you know, shout out to uh, Ben Simmons. You know, hopefully you return with the same defensive mind uh, aspect for this upcoming season, and under this new coach, you tell, you know, if the new coach, whomever that might be, whether it's uh, Todd Lee, if it's Billy Donovan, if it's Mark Jackson, if it's Jason Kidd, whomever, uh, bring that defensive mentality. That's where it's going to start. That's how you can help a new coach out. By not only learning their scheme, and getting it down, but bringing that defensive mentality. Because your defense will eventually turn into offense. It's it's simple basketball. And you see it. You see it uh, throughout. So, also, um, I'd like to touch real quick uh, before we get into the Q&A session, not that this week is September 11th, nine eleven. Now, how many years now? Nineteen years, wow, wow, nineteen years September eleventh uh, when we pretty much were rocked where everything came came and uh came to a halt and you know a standstill in a different way of the coronavirus But it was uh it was a uh, tough tough uh, thing to swallow tough things still is still hard to talk about. Now, nah, where were you
1: when that happened? I was in gym class when it happened. We found out the, the news in the middle of class, and it was just like, what the hell is going on? So it's just uh, a scary, scary thing. I was, uh,
0: I was, uh, I, I had a class. I didn't have a class that morning, and I was asleep. And it was about 10, about 10, 10 in the morning, and a buddy of mine called me. And he said, he asked me what the two tallest buildings in the world were. And I told him, Twin Towers. And he says, not anymore. We're under attack. So, you know, me, I'm half asleep. I open up the blinds. And I look out the window. It's a blue sky. <laughs> it's sunny, blue sky. And... I said, what are you talking about? And he says, we're being bombed. We're being bombed. And I said, all right, I'm going back to sleep. Now, for what it's worth, if you knew my friend who said, you know, was telling me this, you would probably did the same thing. So I laid there for about uh, 15, 20 minutes or so. And I saw turn on the TV. Turn on the TV. And as I turned on the TV the Pentagon got hit the exact time. I turned it on Pentagon got hit and then they re-showed the, uh, the towers getting hit and it was surreal. I didn't know what to say. Didn't know what to say, but, uh, anybody out there, man, my condolences to this day still. And, you know, salute to the, the, uh, first responders who, uh, were there on the scene, and that are still dealing with uh, major issues. You know, prayers, prayers for everybody. And we always, you know, the slogan: never forget. So never forget about it, and uh, keep it in uh, the forefront because that's real history right there. So, with that being said, Nat, you want to touch on that real quick, or?
1: Yeah, just uh, like all the first responders. Like I, that's an impossible job. And uh I, I don't know how people do that. Like there's a human being in that in those suits. There's human beings behind those badges. And uh it was like three hundred forty three or three hundred ninety three firefighters lost their lives that day. A hundred some police officers. I think just under a hundred like Port Authority officers too lost their lives. And it's just insane. Like what happened that day. And uh it It's still tough to talk about,
0: yeah man nineteen years yeah, later, man. yeah, and always you know our generation and this era, anyone who was in you know high school, freshman college, sophomore college, from that point down into maybe seventh eighth grade that were that's where you're all joining at by nine eleven so but uh you know, let's get to the uh to the part that I, I like. This is the Q&A section of Philly Full Court Press. Nat Marlowe's got uh, some uh, questions for us. I got the answers. He's got the questions. If you guys want to reach out to us with your uh, questions about anything, hit us up at BigTWill34 at Full Court Press. That's P-H-U-L-L-Court 76. And my man Nat underscore Marlowe. Hey, yo, Nat. Let's roll off these uh, Q&A. All
1: right, first one comes from Rob. Outside of Ty or Kid, any coach you like? How do you feel about Chauncey Billings possibly being an assistant? Reported by Woj for Ty. And would you take a swing for CP3?
0: Yeah. Uh, out, well, he, he asked if there's any outside Ty and Kid, but then asked again if Ty would bring in Chauncey. So let's break this down. The first part, outside Ty and kid, is there anyone out there that I think – would be a uh, better or suitable Candidate I say yes uh, Jason Kidd, Mark Jackson And Billy Donovan you Gotta take a look at that um, If Ty Lue is the guy And if Lodge reported That um, Chauncey Billups Ty Lue would bring in Chauncey Billups Would I be good with that? Absolutely, Absolutely. Chauncey Billups Cha- Chauncey Billups was Uh a hell of a player. A hell of a player. And he's a world champion. That's just more point guard knowledge for the defensive first team player than Simmons. So absolutely, absolutely I'd be on board with that. And the last part of that was uh oh, the CP3. Last...
1: Yeah.
0: Uh yeah. I mean, I on. like I said earlier in the show, I'm on board with CP3, but if you bring CP3 here, he's going to want to start. So are you going to move Ben, which, whomever's the coach that comes in, are you moving Ben back to the point or are you leaving him at the four? Because cp is not coming here unless you start, number one. And number two, you have to get a foundation set first. So first things first, before any player comes in, front office needs to be addressed and the coach needs to be addressed. Before draft, before camp, because I can't—I'm not comfortable with this front office or not having a coach make a draft pick or make any decisions without a coach being in place. And then you bring in a coach, and you're still handing him more of a mess. So, but yeah, I'd be—I'd be on board with CP3 if everything worked out. So, what else you got, Nat?
1: The next question comes from Eric: What roster construction moves have been talked about? The need for more shooters getting Chris Paul
0: the roster construction uh, Elton brand mentioned in the uh, exit interviews he said that he wanted to bring in people to compliment Ben and Joel it's been it's hard to make a, a roster to build a roster right now with the playoffs going on because you can't talk to free agents you um, there's not too many uh, avenues for you to go down until everyone's done playing so that's why I said Earlier that it's going to have to be quick You know you have to line everything up And, and make your pitch to uh, All your free agents, coaches staff, etc and get them in Roster construction is going to be tough It's going to be up to Ellen Brand because he put Himself in the corner with those Bad contracts to Harris And Horford so when you Give out two bad contracts and you're Already uh, $147 Million dollars over the Luxury tax and the NBA is saying that they might not increase any bottom lines due to the loss they're taking right now in revenue so (laughs) you're still up against the wall your back is still up against the wall so Elton Brands put himself in a corner and this is why I said all right here's your opportunity EB you created this so let's see what you do to get out of this but definitely construction of the roster is is key they do need to bring in some shooters, some knockdown shooters. Don't know who's going to be out there. We'll look at that as it gets closer to, uh, you know, the uh, the draft and uh, free agency. And or, and or, they might be steadfast on what they have because of the contracts. So the shooters that are on the team now, they're just going to have to get better. They're going to have to get better. And yes, Chris Paul again, yes, I'm on... I'd be on board on that with uh, Chris Paul.
1: What else you got, Nat? All right, speaking of Chris Paul, th- th- there's a lot going on with this question. It comes from uh, it comes from Carmen. What is the likelihood that the Sixers will hire Billy Donovan, trade for Chris Paul, and get rid of Horford in the deal? Can Elton Brand even pull off the deal? And is the deal the right move for the Sixers, or should you just hire someone else?
0: Uh, yeah, that is a lot. Um... If Billy Donovan comes in and he has the uh, the reputation with Chris Paul that shows that they uh, get along and um, they can coexist, yeah. Pull the trade off. If, uh, and we're speaking hypothetically. Elton uh, Bray make the trade. If you got to move uh, Corford's contract for CP3, my issue is I don't want to catch the bad end of the deal like the Sixers did with Jimmy Butler and Josh Richardson. I feel like the Sixers did not receive enough back in that deal. So if you make the if you make that deal happen with OKC for Chris Paul, you have to get more back instead of Chris Paul. And that might be an opportunity to get a nice young shooter. Uh, OKC has a solid team. That would be my concern with that. Do I think Elton Brand can pull it off? I don't know. We'll find out. We will find out. That's why he is the general manager. We're gonna find out. And the last part of that was what, Nat?
1: The last part of that question was: Oh, is bring the deal in, the right move for the Sixers, or should they just hire someone else?
0: Well, they haven't hired anybody yet. So any deal, any deal that's made, is it finalized? One and two, they <laughs> I mean, re- realistically, they haven't made any deal. So how are they going to look for someone else if there's no deal made? But, you know, that was actually a cool question. What else you got, Nat?
1: This one's from Nina. How will the new coach use Ben Simmons?
0: Depends on what new coach comes in. You know, if you want to bring in a point guard-minded coach, I can see them leaving Ben at the point guard and making him realize he has to take that 12 to 18 foot jumper to open up the floor for Harris and Horford if they're still here on the team and utilized properly. Ben not shooting is the reason why the floor wasn't spaced. You don't have to shoot a three to space the floor, but you gotta take the shot, and that was crucial. You can't hold the Sixers back by not shooting. So that's gonna be a development and growth for Ben from last this past season to next season. Because I always said, what's the next, next development scheme for Ben and it's a shooting. You got to shoot. So that's going to be up to whichever coach comes in and they want to utilize him with that. Now you could bring in a different coach and that's not a point guard minded coach or someone who's been around with some experience and they might leave Ben at the four. And then you do make the trade for CP3. And then Chris Paul Chris Paul uh Comes in and runs the point with Ben at the four. I mean, that could be pretty lethal too. I could see something happening with that. So, but it all depends on what 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 type of coach and what style offense they're going to run for Ben and Joe. See, and that's why I said in the interview process, the Sixers cannot just focus on one person. They got to interview all candidates that are available. You got to see, pick brains of every coach to see what best suits Ben and Joe. Because we know the offense that they just ran the last couple seasons was not suitable for Ben
1: or Joe. Just, it wasn't. So, what else you got? Why haven't the front office been fired yet? How did Scott (laughs) O'Neal, Alex Rucker, Mark Eversley still have jobs? Why is this front office discussing trades? Why haven't they been shown the door yet?
0: I want to put it out like this. One out of the three guys you mentioned, Scott O'Neal, I I don't think – he may delivered the message, but he wasn't in his position he was in at the time when a lot of those personnel decisions were made. But I agree with the other clowns. They got to go. But you got to understand, they got a buddy-buddy system over there, you know? They're all rubbing elbows with each other. So it's hard and difficult for E.V. maybe to break that up. If he's a general manager... He's gotta you know, like sit down with Harris and Blitzer. They're the two main culprits and then it, it falls down the line. Now Scott O'Neill's in the position now where you obviously mentioned, but I, I know that at the time when all those decisions made throughout the process stuff, he wasn't in the position he's made now. So that's why I, excuse me, I take him out and worry about the other ones. But yes, I 100% agree. This front office needs to be reshaped and revamped. And I agree with Elton Brand. They need basketball-minded people in here. And if you look at all the uh, NBA, go across the NBA, the teams that are succeeding all have basketball-minded personnel in the front office. And the Sixers do not have that. And they need that. And to give you a quick background. I mean, Scott O'Neill did come from the Knicks. And the Knicks were good at the time. And they had Melo. So, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a touchy situation, touchy situation, but 100% on board. It has to be revamped somehow, some way, and they need uh, basketball-minded people in here. So, what else you got, Nat? Was that it? or
1: I can ask a couple more. Before he retires, will we ever see Joel come back from the offseason with a counter-left-hand move in the post? Everyone complains All- about Ben Simmons' shooting, but what has Joel improved on?
0: Hey, Joel's still jumping off the wrong foot and stuff. I totally agree. It's all come down to coaching. That's development. And under the regime we had, they didn't develop. They didn't hold them accountable to that. And this is why I said Ben and Joel will be in for a rude awakening, depending on the coaching staff that comes in. If Ty Lue comes in with Chris uh, Chauncey Billups, does uh, Yudoka stay? Does he still develop and work? If Udoka gets the job, who's he bringing in? The Young stack, you, you just don't know. There's a lot of questions that Elton Brand has to answer. And hey, Nat, give me like uh, two
1: more, man. Why do the Sixers have so much trouble getting it right? Is it ownership, not showing enough interest? Is it the general manager and his lack of experience or surrounding himself with the wrong people? Or is it coaching? seems that like they bring in new coaches but get the same results.
0: Well, I'll agree with everything but the end because Brett Brown was here for seven seasons. So they haven't kept bringing in new coaches. The only thing that was changing was his assistants. But Brett Brown was still the head coach and the head coach was supposed to be the one running the team. But all the other uh, aspects of that question, I agree, except for the end. So uh, can you even – I don't know how good of a fan you are, but can you tell me the, the last two coaches – prior to Brett Bram and I, I'll give you the ones a layup because everyone knows what happened right before the process started so who was the coach prior to that person you know go look up that so the Sixers haven't had a big turnaround in coaches in a while actually so I don't understand I don't understand why you would say they keep bringing in different coaches because Brown was here for seven seasons all right, Nat, last one, brother.
1: All right, last one. Will the Sixers try to re-sign Glenn Robinson and Alec Burks?
0: Uh, under, under the cap, they can't at the moment. They can't. It would be nice if they do, because I think those two could contribute a lot to this team and space the floor, especially for a second unit. But it, do- it doesn't look like they can based on the situation they're in. So, that's a good question. I, I thought Burks and GR3 were going to do something coming from Golden State. And this is gr second second go-around with the Sixers. And I liked them the first go-around. And that's another per- – uh, getting off topic top real quick, Jeremy Grant, who's having a, a great playoff run. I never wanted to get rid of Grant. Someone sent out a message uh, that I saw. It was It was pretty interesting. You traded Jeremy Grant for Ilya Sova for 53 games. Let that sink in. It'd be nice to see Jeremy Grant come back. He's going I know he's going to be a free agent. He was a guy I didn't want to see good because he was developing. So, But, hey, listen, like I said, get those uh, questions in, and uh, Nat and I will do our best to get them on the show. And if not, you know, we always stockpile them up and roll them into the next week. Uh, once you can reach us at, at Philly Full Court Press, that's P H U L L Court seventy-six uh Nat underscore Marlow and my handles at Big T Will 34 So another episode in the bag. Wanna well, thank all you guys for tuning in. And we'll be at you next week with another episode of Philly Full Court Press, powered by Last Out Media. Yep, that was definitely a ding You guys heard Computer was shutting down Because it's the end of the show (laughs) Good
1: timing
0: Good perfect timing Perfect timing Hey yo Nat, man Let's ride out Everyone have a good weekend Go Birds Enjoy uh, football this weekend Don't lose too much money And remember Always never forget Never forget And Nat Have a good weekend brother
1: You too brother
0: Let's ride out